everybody and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is Christina Cernieze and today we're talking about all things sales strategy and sales mindset. So whether you are a musician, music teacher, coach, or combination of one of those things, you need to listen to this episode because it's such an important part of learning how to confidently sell without being sleazy. We know how important that is. So I can't wait for you to dive into the episode. Really quickly before we dive in, I wanna mention one thing, and that is that in two weeks, Bree Noble and I are hosting a free challenge on the three steps to successfully launch a new income stream as a music teacher slash coach. And you can sign up for it now by heading to katiezacardi.com slash free challenge. So this free challenge starts on June 15th and it goes through the 16th and the 17th. And you're going to learn our three-step sold-out launch system on how to create the right offer, how to warm up your audience, and how to confidently sell, which is very much in line with what we're talking about in this episode. And we're going to teach you more about it in the free challenge. So if you're thinking about launching this summer, if you really, really want to make sure that you can increase your income, confidently get your income stream out there and do it in a way that doesn't cause stress and that isn't sleazy to sell or promote, but really just feels aligned and good and confident, then you definitely want to join in on this. So again, head to katiezacardi.com slash free challenge to grab your spot. I highly recommend you get in now, even though we've still got a couple weeks till we start, because Brie and I are going to be doing some bonus trainings inside of the Facebook group before we actually start the challenge. So you definitely want to sign up now, get inside that Facebook group, which is where the challenge will be hosted, and join us as soon as possible so you can really get the most out of this. So we start on the 15th. Again, you head to katiezacardi.com slash free challenge to sign up, and I'll see you on the inside. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Christina, and welcome to the out to be podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you here today. We're going to talk about all things sales and sales mindset. So before we dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm a marketing and manifestation coach for online female coaches that are ready to break the glass ceiling to elevate the bar within themselves within their business within their life, and break the rules and being called to to innovate and really be able to cultivate that passion filled business and that freedom lifestyle. So I help my clients with all things mindset, with all things strategy and with all things manifestation. That is amazing. And I'm really excited to talk about like the sales and also manifestation slash mindset part of that today. Um, because I, that's something that's really important to have when you are going through a launch, of course, and something that everyone who ex- listens to this podcast experiences. We have a lot of musicians, music industry coaches, and teachers listening now, and regardless of what role you play or you're focusing on right now, you have to be able to sell in order to make money in your music business. And it's such an important piece. And of course, mindset around sales alone is a huge topic that you really need to consider when you're improving your sales skills. So I'm curious, what is like the number one mindset block that you see people having when it comes to sales that really holds them back from like getting results or, you know, even implementing strategy in the most effective way? Yeah, I would say the the biggest thing that I see with my clients or even just people that I speak to in uh, on the online spaces, their attachment 
to the outcome. They are so, so attached to that yes, to that no. And they feel that it's almost that if they're on a sales call in, in particular, they feel like they have to get that yes in order to close a deal. Because apparently that if they take their time to think about it and based on the online world and what they say is that the sale is lost if they don't sign on the spot. And that could put a lot of pressure on someone where they feel that they might have to use these scare tactics or these tactics that don't necessarily align with them and that hard selling. So that is something that I see a lot. And that was something that I even struggled with when I started my my sales journey is feeling so attached to the outcome. And if I didn't get the yes, I felt that it was that I did something wrong or it was me. And then we kind of go into that spiral of not feeling good enough. And then that really does lower our energy. That really does lower our, our self-worth, our self-esteem because we feel like they're personally saying no to us. So it's so important when you're hopping on a call to go in with an open mind. You're going in from a place of service. It's not, it's a conversation. You want to think about it like you're having a conversation with a friend. You know, what would you say to a friend? If it's, if it's not something you'd say in real life, like don't say it at all. And if it's awkward, don't say it at all either, but really go in with, I'm here to serve. I am here to show up. I am here to show why other people are investing in, in me and my product and my service. And it is up to the potential client to make that powerful, powerful buying decision. You are there to give them the information. You are there to hold them up to a higher standards, to walk them through any fears, to show them what's possible when they do bet on themselves, when they do take a chance, when they do invest. And the rest is, is, is really up to them, whether they decide to buy or not. So really going into conversations with high involvement and no attachment, like zero attachments. You are there to serve. And I just think of it as um, like selling is serving. So you're not going in to get that. Yes, you're not going in there looking at them as a dollar value. You're going in to see, okay, can I help this person? How can I help them? If I can, I'm going to let them know. And that's it. The rest is, um, is really up to them. And, and then you kind of have that conversation. I love that. And just today I was talking with a client and she was sharing how she really wants to get into performing at weddings. And um, she's actually in another country. So she was saying that she had had someone reach out before and they wanted to have her sing some songs like in German um, when the songs that she sings is in English, like her set is in English. And she was like, I don't really want to sing these songs, but I feel like if I say no, like I'm losing a person like I should just say yes I should just like make mm. it work and so I find that that comes from attachment to the sale because if you go into something feeling like I have to sign this person and then it's not even always about them saying no sometimes it's just not a good fit from your end and you're like I don't want to do this gig or take on this client but I feel like I've already told myself that I have to and now I'm stuck in like a rock and a hard place because what do I do and then of course scarcity comes into it as well but how can we move past this feeling because sometimes especially as people if people are new coaches or they're just like entering a new territory it really can feel like you want those wins and you want to just say yes and give everyone and everything a chance 
Um, or you want everyone to give you a chance, but how do we like discern when something's a good fit and how do we actually mentally prepare ourselves to go in without that attachment? Cause I feel like it is a little easier said than Totally. That. And so I'll, I'll, I'll answer the part where you go in without having the attachment first. Um, you, you can do a little like pre-sale call or conversation, like ritual where you are going in, where you're reminding yourself that you are here to serve. You're here to have that conversation. You're here to show them what's possible and the rest is up to them. So really being able to ground yourself before going in. Um, something that I sometimes do is listen to like a really like, like a rap song or hip hop, anything that will totally like hype me up and get me into that high vibe energetic state. And just reminding yourself that no doesn't mean no. It could mean not right now. It could mean that they might not just be ready yet. And the thing what ends up happening is when we feel like we need to be everything for everyone, we really spread ourselves thin. We really are saying yes to absolutely every opportunity. And I feel like no matter how many times we can preach this and like really preaching to the choir, it's you, you, you gotta go through that motion yourself to really, really understand it and get it if you are not learning like from other people's experiences. But when you decide to say yes to everything, there are other opportunities that might be a better service or a better alignment for you that are now not able to come forward because you don't have the capacity for it. Yeah. Like you're saying yes to something that doesn't really serve you. And so you can't say yes to the thing that does serve you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you're saying yes to absolutely everything, and I know like yes has been my favorite word in the English dictionary. Like I was a people pleaser. I wanted to take everyone on. And sometimes that comes from a place of lack where you feel like you're never going to get this opportunity again. So you've got to, you, you got to like shoot your shot on this. I used to talk about that a lot, especially when it came to like overwhelm and burnout, because so many people do that. It's like, they just say yes to everything because of the scarcity of like, if I don't say yes, it's never going to come around. But you're exactly right. Like when you say no to something that's not a good fit, you're opening the door for something better to come in. And so it takes some trust and it takes some practice to get Mm -hmm. there because it's not always easy to just be like, no. And obviously we're not saying just say no to everything. Like you have to trust your gut and make the decision that's actually best for you. Yeah. One thing that I do is I'll ask myself, like, does this feel good? Does this feel light? Does it feel flowy? Does it feel like I'll have fun with it? Or do I feel like I'm saying yes, because I'm coming from that place of lack. So really being able to check in within with yourself and ask yourself, like, why am I saying yes to this? And if I'm saying yes from a place of lack, then where can I, where would I be saying no to something in the future that might be just around the corner for me. And it kind of goes back to that self-trust, right? It's that blind trust. You got to have that, (laughs) which is so hard because we're in a world like of uncertainty. Like there's nothing that is certain or guaranteed, like our success isn't guaranteed at all, but it's believing that what's for you will be for you. And if you are spreading yourself thin and you're doing things that don't align and you're getting, it's like sucking your energy, you're not going to feel good at the end of the day. You're not going to feel great waking up and going back to work and feeling motivated to get back out there and, you know, connect with people or, you know, 
work on your program, whatever it is that you're, you're working and, and achieving, it's not going to feel good. And then you're going to feel depleted. You might lose some motivation. And so I, I, I really strongly encourage to only say yes to things that feel completely aligned to you. I love that. Now, there's a lot of people in the music industry who um, often come from a place of like, I do what I love, so I don't want to charge from mm-hmm. for it. Or, you know, I have to be a broke musician, scarcity mindset, like starving artist. There's there's a lot mm-hmm. of deep-rooted uh, money beliefs and therefore, I think, sales beliefs that, that happen in music. And so I want to kind of address some of those and ask, what would you say to people who are feeling like, number one, I don't feel like I have the confidence to charge my worth. And number two, because of that, even if I put a number on it that feels good, I feel really sleazy when it when I go to like sell my coaching offer or like promote my music. I just like don't know how to do it. It feels so uncomfortable and so gross and like so inauthentic. Like how do we work towards adjusting that mindset and approaching it in a way that is none of those things? Yeah, I, so a few things on that. There's so many layers to, to definitely unpack with that. And the start of it is really going back down, back to the drawing board. What is it that you are offering? What is the, the, the transformation? Because it doesn't have to be monetary, like ROI, return of investment type of transformation. It's really thinking about what am I doing? What will this person gain? What will they save at the end of our time together? Like, what is the transformation at the end of the term? How will their life be dramatically different? How would it improve? Because you're not charging, you're not pricing yourself as an individual. Like we are limitless. Like we are, there's no dollar value that we can put on ourselves. So what we're, and I think that's a definitely a a big mindset shift is you're pricing your service, you're pricing your expertise, you're pricing the time, the, the one-on-one touch points, the, all of that, the package not you as an individual. Right. Well, what's interesting is that with music specifically, like obviously that applies to our music coaches and teachers when you, when you're pricing your offer with music, usually you're showing up to like, you know, stream the album or promote the thing. And there's pretty standard pricing when it comes to like actual, even like tickets and, and, and music and CDs and stuff like that. But I think that that I same idea still applies because it's like, you're showing up to promote what feels like yourself. You know what I mean? It's not always like, oh, it's promoting the offer. It's promoting you, especially because in the music industry, you and your music are so closely linked. And it feels like you're promoting you. So how do we, almost going back to the same conversation we started with, how do we like encourage that sort of detachment and whether you're a coach and teacher and you're promoting your, your offer, because I think it still happens there, yeah. um, or I'm just a musician and your music, like how can we start to kind of detach from uh, the, the offer itself or like the need for validation there and be mm-hmm. able to just show up thinking like, this is how it serves people. And I feel really confident sharing that. Yeah. So always remembering that your business is an extension of you. It's not you, although it's a big part of you. It's what you do. It's your heart. Your soul is getting poured into it. But you have to remember that what you are offering the service, it's it's an extension of who you are as a person, right? So it's being able to remove those labels, like, you know, labeling yourself as a musician, as, um, as a coach, as a sales 
person, as the administrator, like you're doing it all as the CEO and really being able to remove those labels from yourself and remember who you are at that core and knowing that the business is an extension. It's not who you are. It's, it's a part of you and it's a part of the gifts that you have been given that you are going to share with the world. So if you are getting people's labels or the records, think about that. Think about the impact that has where you are bringing somebody else's gift to the world. You're making that happen for them. You want to think about it as the same thing for yourself and really being able to put yourself in that different position of you're changing lives and you deserve to get paid very well for the exceptional work, for the exceptional transformation that you provide. And sometimes it could just be creating a mantra around that. And if you're pricing your offers Um, you want to make sure that you can energetically like get behind your price. And it's not this out of the world extreme where you don't maybe have the expertise or, you know, that skin in the game yet. You want to make sure that it, it aligns and you can get behind it. And, and something that you can do is you can just practice saying that number to yourself every single day. Like my services are $3,000. $3,000. My services are $3,000. And just continue saying until like it rolls off your, your tongue and really comes naturally. So when somebody asks, when it comes to that part of the sales conversation and they ask what the investment is, you say it without hesitation. That's a really great tip to just practice it. And and can you talk a little bit more about like getting energetically behind it? Because I totally know what you're saying. And, and I've used it with clients before too, when people, um, you know, you have these big goals. Like I want to make a hundred thousand dollars or I want to make a 10 K month or even just a five K month. I want to, you know, go from that. But if you're currently making a thousand dollars or $2,000, sometimes it can be hard to like make the jump from here to there, uh, or get behind that number that you kind of want to charge, but you don't really feel worthy of it. So can you talk a little bit about like how that works and, you know, should we like slowly scale up do we just need to do a special trick to like get ourselves there like what does that look Uh, like I definitely suggest scaling up so there are different ways that I teach my clients on doing this in terms of like the like the pricing tiers but you you know if you're brand spanking new you have no client like you don't have a lot to like a lot of skin in the game where you don't have the tools in your arsenal yet, like you're still building, you know, to come out and charge, I don't know really what the industry rate is, but if you just, you know, as a, like, as an example, as a brand new coach that has no experience and they come out charging $3,000 and they have nothing like, so to say, yeah, then, you know, you're not really being in integrity with that pricing. And then of course it's going to be really hard to sell that because you don't believe it. Yeah. And so in terms of getting behind the prices, what, what what would feel good to you? Like, what would you be okay paying? You know, and you want to think about what would you be willing to invest as well? Because you kind of attract the type of buyer that you are. So if there are little like limiting beliefs or anything in there, definitely you want to unravel and unpack those so you can get behind that price. But if you have, you know, you're just starting out, you can start at, you know, your base minimum, something that you feel comfortable with, something that you will show up fully and be able to give it your all. And then, you know, from there, say you book four clients, you know, after four clients, you can increase your prices by however much feels good. So you want to have 
a, a price that you're comfortable with, but you want to have a little bit of a stretch price. Like what is that price that feels good? But now let's take that price that feels good and add a little bit more to it so you can really show up um, and stretch yourself to that to that price. And from there, I would, so what I usually recommend is either booking out a set amount of clients. So if you had the goal for four clients and say you book those four clients in your goal was a quarter, but you booked them in two months, you'll increase your prices. So which it's kind of like whichever one comes first, the client or the quarter. So you want to definitely be incrementing your goal or your, your, your price per quarter or per set of number of clients that you book because you're learning, you're investing, you're expanding, you're growing, you're evolving, you're doing all of those things. And so your business is going to look different each quarter. And so you want to be able to have your pricing reflect on that too. Yeah, especially when you're just getting started. Like I think my prices have stayed for one-on-one have stayed more or less the same for about a year or so because I now just feel like fully integrity with that. And I will probably raise them at some point, but right now it it works. Like I'm weeding out the people who, who aren't at that level and the mm-hmm. people who are at that level, that's like an integrity for both of us. But when you're just getting started, it is going to be a pretty quick like progression of you learning and figuring out, you know, getting your mojo and like all that stuff. And so as you continue to book out and as you also get like a wait list, if you have a lot of people and a lot of people waiting for you, that's when you can start to, of course, raise your prices and whatnot. Um, So that's good to know. And then we were talking a little bit about this before our call, but I want to dive into the like manifestation aspect. Um, And the first part that I want to talk about is this uh, the manifestation part that comes when you're setting a launch goal. So like when we when we start a launch or when we're planning our launch, most people, you know, you write out, I want to make X amount from this launch. We'll just say $10,000. I want to make $10,000 from this launch. And I find, um, for I'll actually speak for myself, that I feel like sometimes when I set that goal, I actually end up sabotaging that goal in terms of the manifestation process, because I put so much pressure to reach that, that like I, I overthink it. I get into like a, an energy that's not really at the vibration of that, you know, money value or the goal or whatever it is. And, uh, it, it feels a lot harder to show up and sell, especially towards the end of the launch. Because if you're like, Oh crap, I'm not, I'm not going to reach that goal. There's not enough time yet. I didn't sign enough clients. Then you start to be like, Oh, it's over before it's actually over. And so because you like set the goal and you're like trying to manifest this thing when it looks like it's not going to happen, it can like actually affect how you show up in the sales process and your strategy and all those things. So talk to us about like that. (laughs) Yeah, 100% of everything you said. (laughs) I see this a lot and and we need to be careful with the arbitrary timelines that we set on our our goal, right? Like a lot of the times coaches or, or anybody starting an online business, they're after the first thing is like, I need that 5k month. I need that six figure business. And we, we go in with this, with this arbitrary time, time frame of it's going to take me a year to reach a hundred K 
or it's going to take in order to have this launch be successful. I want to make an X amount of money. And so what ends up happening exactly like you said, is we put this timeline, this arbitrary timeline, because who said that it takes this much time to make that much money? Yeah. And we've all heard those stories. Oh, I made six figure in six months and you know, like anything is possible. And, and it's not that it, like, those are definitely one-offs. Like it's not improbable, but, um, it's inspirational, it, but I think it sets like an irrationally high bar for some people. Absolutely. And then it can make people like beat themselves up if they're like, crap, why did I not hit my goal yet? Why is this taking so long? Why, why did they hit this and I can't? And then it's like all of that yeah. negative thoughts does not help. No. And then you feel like you have mindset problems and you got to work on your mindset, but really it's the attachment and that shiny object because mm. we don't, we don't know, you know, they're like, Oh, I made six figures in six months. But meanwhile, I had a network marketing business before this. I was in the fitness industry. I have like a whole network of people. So it's really clear as to why that happened so quickly. So when we set these goals is we have this timeline, we say that it's going to take this much to make this much. And then when you start working towards that, and you start getting closer, you get those fears, the insecurities, the, the those thoughts of, am I going to make it? Is this going to work? And then you start self-sabotaging yourself. So it's really, and it's great to have goals. It's great to have like dreams, but I used to set those figures, those monthly figures all the time. And I completely stopped because one, it doesn't make you feel good, right? It, it, you can get into the tendency of like self-sabotaging because you feel like you know, whatever stories, everybody buys early bird and then early birds gone and nobody bought. And you're like, Oh my God, it's over. Yeah. And so you're kind of going through that process where you're showing up, but haphazardly basically is, is you're kind of going through that motion. So yeah, I, I really definitely do try and detach from that because it's holding it's just knowing that it's going to happen, right? If you want to have a sold out launch, focus on the sold out launch, focus on the people, focus on, you know, if you want, you know, 10 people focus on, on that. And just really being able to focus on the fact that it's going to sell out the right people will come and whatever happens is meant because sometimes we overshoot and feel like we want 10 people, but you end up with eight and then you feel like, wow, you know, those two more people would have really put me to the top. Yeah. That happened with me actually when I launched my mastermind where I said I wanted 10 people. And then I think we had seven and I was like, any more than this, we actually, I would have had to extend the call times. It would have yep. been a lot more, you know, might not have been as tight of a community. Like sometimes those things happen for a reason. And mm-hmm. like the, obviously it's strategy and it's mindset. Like if something straight up isn't working, you need to look at both strategy and mindset. But a lot of times things happen for a, a reason. You know what I mean? It's, it's not... Um, always going to work out exactly how you expect it to, but it's usually going to work out in your favor or in a way that yeah. you do something. It's it's either this or something better, right? Because yes, I've that. I've I've had that same same thought. I'm like I had um, a launch micro program last year, and I wanted I think I think I wanted like nine people or eight people, and I ended up with like six. And I'm like, wow, I 
don't know what I would have done if I had any more people. <laughs> like that would have been a lot of calls, a lot of time, a lot of, um, you know, like, because I, I like to roll up my sleeves with my clients and really be able to like be in their business with them. And, and so I, I really started detaching because I just know that what I am capable of, of holding and what is for me will be for me. And just to trust that and knowing that the right people will show up, the, the people that need to be in my circle will, will be there. And, and kind of going back to setting those time frames is I, I can't remember who said this, but is it's like giving somebody two hours to do a 20 minute task. They're going to take the two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes the same thing with our goals is if you say, I'm going to, you know, make six figures in a year, you could do that in less time. Like it's possible, but it's just knowing that you're going to make six figures, whether it's in a year, whether it's in three months, whether it's in seven months, whether it's in 13 months. Yeah. You just know that six figures is coming. Yeah. I have so much problem with attachment. Like I'm just going to out myself right now because <laughs> I I find it really hard. And I actually had someone in a clubhouse room once tell me something similar when I had asked about this. It was like a manifestation room. And they said something similar to you, which was like, don't focus so much on like the number. Focus on the 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 impact that you want to make or like what you want to sort of like get out of it or create so like especially for a launch don't focus on like x people or x dollars but focus on like I just want to fill this course or whatever with people who are ideal clients and I want to help make a change in their whatever social media their business <laughs> whatever it is right so um that was helpful for me and then I learned that in human design there's a such thing as a specific manifester and a non-specific manifester. Mm -hmm. And apparently I am a non-specific manifester. Which, Me too. Okay, interesting. <laughs> because I feel like if for people listening to this, if you're a specific manifester, you might do really well with like very clearly saying like, I, I want $5,000 by next month and you'll, <laughs> and you'll make it happen. But I cannot <laughs> and I want yeah. to so bad like I'm also Virgo rising so I'm like super like <laughs> organized type a goals let's do this you yeah. know here are the numbers but it doesn't really work for me when I set out to make a certain number in a certain amount of time because it's just simply not how I manifest um I think I'm a little bit more energetic and and setting timelines just like messes me up hardcore yeah I I am actually the same way because I've 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 always been like my entire life. I've never <laughs> set goals. There was something that I wanted. Like when I did corporate sales, I like the first day <laughs> on my job, I told my manager that I'm going to be a manager here one day. I just went in knowing that, that knowing that that's what I wanted. Right. A year and a half later, I became a manager. I, I didn't like set goals. I didn't like think about these are the action steps I'm going to do. I just knew that's where I wanted. I, and I just showed up as if I was a manager, as if I was, um, you know, in that role and aligned myself to taking the right actions. And it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't that by this date or by that time, I just knew that when the opportunity came, 
that I was going for it. And then that role was going to be mine. <laughs> and that was just the intention that I held. And, you know, I, I do the same thing for all areas of my life. I'm not much of a goal setter. And I, I try, I try so hard and it just, it gives me anxiety because I'm trying so hard of something that's just not for me. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm pushing this. It, I, I've got to where I am today and it's worked perfectly and gratefully for me. And so it's really owning who you are and your strengths and, and how you operate. Because as much as I tried to set goals, I just don't align with that. And so I'm totally okay with that finally. Cause I know for me, I was like, I need these goals. I need this. I need the action steps and I need that blueprint. I need to see that staircase, but what ends up happening is that we become so attached to those. We become so attached to those goals that if we don't make it, we feel like a failure. And what I was going to ask next is like, how do you advise people to move forward from that? Because um, whether it's just a, a goal of, I want this many Instagram followers or uh, even something that usually comes with more attachment, which is sales and money of like, mm -hmm. I want to make this amount of money this month or during my launch. How do you advise people to like pick up and move on if and when it doesn't happen? Because the fact is like, it's not always going to happen. Mm -hmm. but it, like we said, it can be really hard for people to move on and, and keep going and feel motivated to try again or launch again or keep posting or whatever it is when you keep not hitting those goals in the time frame you, you think you're going to. So yeah. how do we move on from that? Or how do we just like create better relationship with what we're doing so that we don't, we don't hit those points of disappointment in the first place. Yeah. So really having high involvement, like no attachment. So if you want more clients, more Instagram followers, what are things that you can do that will drive that? What are action steps that you can take right now that will bring you more followers and, and holding the, the space of I'm here to show up. I'm here to serve. I'm here to, you know, share what my ideal client needs to hear. Cause really like marketing is saying the same, the same thing over and over again, but it's saying the right thing at the right time for the right person. Right. And, and so if you're wanting to grow a community, you want to sell out, you want to book out, it's like, okay, what action steps are going to deliver me that result and showing up in the best that you can providing the most epic value that you can. And don't be afraid to give your great stuff away for free because when you show up and when you put your best foot forward and you are serving your audience, the success is a byproduct of that. It's going to come. And when you start getting super attached to it's not happening, it's not working, you're not giving yourself enough time to kind of see the results unfold. And, you know, if something we all have shortcomings. Like we set goals. We have things that we want to do. We don't achieve them. It's, yeah. it's just the fact of life. And I think it's really being able to understand that is that what's for you will be for you. But if things happen and they don't work out, like that's just, that's just life. Yeah. And not really getting down on yourself and, you know, really giving yourself the time to analyze, be like, okay, what worked well? What didn't, what was my energy? Like, how did I show up? You know, before I go and take an action, even just asking yourself, like, what is my intention? Is it that you saw something and it sparked an inspiration or you saw somebody do something and now you feel like you should go and do it. And so you go and do it, but you don't get the same results as that person that did it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's because they're coming from a different energy. They're coming from, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to share my zone of genius and who needs to hear it will hear it. Mm-hmm. And then the outcome is really not up to you, right? There's, you can't control the outcome. Yeah. And so I think once you understand what you can control and what you can control, focus on what you can and it will just unfold for you. So let's talk about how this also applies when you're in the launch period, because we know that, especially when you're you're launching the first couple times, it feels like a freaking roller coaster. It feels like a roller coaster. You're high, you're low. You're high, you're low. Yeah. You're you're excited. You're you feel like the world's ending. You made a sale. <laughs> no sales are coming. Like literally, it's it it can be almost <laughs> like you're being tossed around. Yeah when you're first getting used to launching and navigating through that. So do you have any tips for mindset uh, going into a launch and starting and ending a launch? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'd love to talk about like how to kind of like pick back up when you feel like Ugh, you're in the launch slump. Oh yeah. So b- before going into a launch, just think about what it, like what's the outcome? So one thing I read this in... Um, I think it was a secret. I can't remember what book I read this and I really wish I could so I can give credit where credit is due, but you can, you can, so a little bit of, of bringing the energetics and like manifestation in, into the conversation is if you are launching and what you can do is visualize a circle and in that circle, you'll visualize. And if you're not a visualizer, I'll give you another tip, but you can go in and start thinking about all the clients that you want in or what you want in that circle. And so if you want like five clients or if you want a certain feeling or if you do want a dollar value, put that all in there. But the most important thing is how does that make you feel? Because the biggest thing is your energy and holding um, the high vibes, right? And and you're going to have the highs and lows. Like, you know, we're not always all perfect and high vibes, but it's really being able to visualize what it is that you want. And if you're not a visualizer, you can take out a journal and you can just write little squares out and you can put people's names in there as you fill out. Or you can do like, if you want 10 people, you can just do 10 boxes and you can look at that. And with a launch, I think it's so important to incorporate a lot of um, self-care. One of my, my mentors calls it vacation vibes. So how can you bring vacation vibes into your everyday And it doesn't have to be anything like a bubble bath or something extravagant. It could literally be adding lemon to your, to your water glass or drinking water out of a wine glass and adding lemon in it. Like, you know, bringing up the bougie vibes or something or having a candle or incense um, and really being able to hold that higher um, state because you will have mid lunch, mid launch slums. It's just happens. (laughs) There are things that you just can't, really avoid like especially in those early stages when you're really just building and building and building um so really incorporating okay what is the feeling that i want because what ends up happening is if you want 10 people and you get seven people you're focusing on the three people that you don't have Mm, yeah you're forgetting about the seven people that are in your program yes (laughs) snaps applause mic drop all of that yes 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 exactly it's like gratitude versus lack and I think that that's 
such a huge difference. Now, it's easy to go into the lack. So how do we catch ourselves and how do we say, oh, let me change my pattern here and let me focus on what I do have instead of what I don't have while still keeping my energy up and continuing to sell during a launch? Mm. So I am a sticky note, like queen. And I will have like on my wall, I have like there's there sticky notes are just all around me to kind of remind me of what actually matters. And so if you are, you know, focusing on what you don't have and it's, it's really making that conscious decision and being really consciously aware of how you internally feel, how you are operating. And you can have like sticky notes that say, that remind you, how am I feeling? Just to kind of check in with, within yourself because you can feel that you're great and you're positive and you're, you're putting on like almost like a performance, but internally you feel like that. And it's, and when that happens, it's not about, cause what you resist will persist. So it's not about resisting the feeling. If you're feeling anxious, it's just, okay. Like, you know, I see you, I feel you, 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 you know, you're coming up, you're trying to tell me something. And it's really just tapping into what your body is, is just trying to tell you and having those recharge activities to put you in a higher state and put you in that higher vibration. And, you know, sometimes you might, um, need half a day to get into it. Maybe you need an hour, maybe, you know, you're, you can be a quick bounce back, whatever it is, there's, there's no right or wrong. And I think that's the biggest thing is we make ourselves feel wrong about the emotions that we're experiencing about our feelings. We feel like we shouldn't be having these thoughts. Like, you know, why does this person make it look so easy? Why is it hard for me? But we never, ever, ever know what's going on in the back. We just see what people want to portray on social media. And so it's remembering that you, one, you never have the full picture and really putting your blinders on because what matters is what you're doing and the way you're showing up and the way that you're serving and have little routines of things that would make you feel good when you are in that slump. And sometimes it could be taking that step back and be like, okay, what, what have I tried so far? What part of my launch strategy is going well or what isn't going so well? And try and dissect it so you can course correct and pivot if you need to. Cause sometimes it's not, it's not always a strategy thing. It's very rarely like the business itself. It's a lot of the mindset and how you're making yourself internally feel. So anything that will make you feel good. I know gratitude is something that is so simple and so overlooked because it's just so easy, but showing gratitude honestly, like is life changing. And it, I know it has changed mine. It's like clients. And, and a lot of one thing that with with gratitude, because I want to take it a step further is most people will say something like, um, I'm grateful to work from home, or I'm grateful for this, or I'm grateful, like, they'll just say something like, they'll pull something out of the thin air and say something that they're grateful for, but they're not really incorporating the feeling. Like, what does that feeling feel like inside your body? Yeah. And why are you grateful for it? Yeah. Like really giving a reason. Yes, that's so true. Like there's a difference between just like listing off things. I'm grateful for my sister. I'm grateful versus (laughs) gratitude. And it's interesting because like something I've been doing recently, whenever I sign a client or get a sale, I always do like a little happy dance. Like, Mm -hmm. and I sort of like have this like, butterfly feeling in my chest and I'm sort of like yay 
like that's kind of what happens <laughs> sounds totally. really silly over a podcast um but i'm like <laughs> little happy dance yay so exciting um so i feel like that is like the energy that often comes with like oh yay a little success or oh yay a dm that was so good or oh yay this thing's happening and so i try to like almost cultivate that energy when it's not happening like sometimes I'll yes oh, I feel really good right now. Yay. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, it's yeah. like it's such a happy day. Uh, and just sort of like um, bring that up even when it's not attached to a specific thing. And also with that, in a similar vein, like you ever have those moments where you're, it's just like a sunny day and you're feeling good and you have a nice drink or something and you're just like, oh, I'm so happy right now. and like content and it just like feels nice. Those things too, like that to me is like gratitude. Like it's not like just saying things. It's being like, oh, I'm actually like really feeling this in like my gut, in my chest, in my body. Like I'm feeling the emotions of it. And it doesn't always come easily, but sometimes if you just sit with something and think about something and like let the smile come on your face, you know, let the giddiness come or whatever it is, that really helps you to step into it. At least that has yeah. been my experience. <laughs> Absolutely. I love doing like happy dances or just, just dances in the day, like just yeah. to feel like, you know, even just like kind of dancing around and saying, um, you know, money in my bank account kind of thing, like, and, and just kind of really giving yourself the feeling as if it was happening. And, you know, it, it will, it will yeah. happen. Yeah. So is there anything else that people should consider, especially towards the end of their launch and just sort of like going out strong, wrapping up strong uh, and continuing to sell with integrity? And if there's any strategy things you want to drop in here too, feel free to feel free to do that. Yeah, the biggest thing is really so um, like at the end of a launch, you really want to see what worked well, like kind of review your numbers. If you, if you have an email list and you've sent out email lists, uh, or emails, like kind of see which emails did well, which subject lines did well, what was your engagement like, uh, what was your lead strategy or your nurture strategy? And like, did, you know, did you have a freebie, like kind of going through the things that you, you, you've done and just basically doing an analysis of it is like what worked and what did it, what, where did clients come from? At what point in the process did they come from? Um, and what was the thing that kind of put them over the top? So really being able to see what went well, what didn't. Um, and then also even doing an inter like an analysis on yourself, like what are you no longer energetically available that you did and you don't want to do again? Like what worked, what didn't, what felt good, what didn't feel good and any changes that you want to make for the next one um, is what I would do at the end of a launch. And really during the launch is, is all about visibility and, and your messaging and really saying the right thing at the right time. So having a, like a lead strategy in place, or if you have uh, like a lead pool of warm leads and really being able to nurture them, um, you know, private invites, whatever that might look, might look like, um, for you, but it's really staying in that high energy and really being visible um, to your people. That is amazing. Okay. This has been so helpful. Do you have any last tips that we can run with when it comes to sales mindset? Yeah. Well, I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Just remember that your business 
is an extension of you. It's not who you are. You're not pricing yourself as an individual. Like you are unpriceable. You're priceless. Um, And really just showing up and having fun because it is all about the journey and, and who you become in the process there. There's so much more to life than business success. And it's really being able to, to live that and not get super busy trying to create a life that you forget to live yours. So that would be my words of wisdom. That's awesome. And Everyone who's listening to this now and you're like, this was amazing and now I want to pair this with the sales strategy. Well, you can because Christina actually has a guest training inside of Out to Launch. And of course, inside of Out to Launch, we do uh, a lot of teaching around sales and sales strategy and sales mindset. So this is just the tip of the iceberg of what you can get from both me and Christina when you join uh, Out to Launch, which is really exciting. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. Let us know where we can keep up with you, work with you, all that stuff. Yeah, Instagram is where I hang out. So you can come say hi. Let me know that you came from the podcast. And I would love to cheer you on. Or if you have any questions, I'd be happy to to direct you to the right place. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.